Welcome to Brand Me. I'm Preston Conrad, and on this show, we'll talk all things branding, from launching a product line to owning your side hustle. We'll talk to the movers, the shakers, the thought leaders. What do you say we finally stop focusing on brands X, Y, and Z and focus on brand me? Let's start the show. Today's episode is brought to you by my brand, Preston Conrad Home. I would love for you to come into my world of luxury home fragrance, responsibly made here in America, all for under $50. We cut out the big box middlemen, and we are bringing the finest luxury fragrance right into your home. For you guys listening today on the show, you can take 10% off of any single item on PrestonConradHome.com with the offer code BRANDME. That's PrestonConradHome.com, offer code brand me. Hey, everybody. On today's show, I am joined by Rachel Smith. Rachel is a friend of mine. She's also one of the hosts of Entertainment Tonight. And we have a great conversation about how Rachel got to where she is today, some of her personal brand values that she holds dear. And also she gets into this really interesting portion, this this topic of listening. She's interviewed every celebrity in the world and the power of listening to grow your personal brand and your personal growth. We also chat, by the way, about our girl Rihanna, and how Rihanna asked her all about her wedding at the Met Gala. So if you like a little celeb gossip from one of the experts, you'll like this one. So without further ado, here is Rachel Smith. Rachel Smith, hi. Hi, Preston Conrad. I love hearing your Southern voice. It's like warm milk for my soul. So I don't know what Southern accent you're talking about, honey. I don't know, honey. You know, it's funny. I saw this woman on TikTok who's like a real Southern draw, and she's um she's calling herself Britney Spears' translator. Um, and so she reads all of Britney's cryptic messages in a Southern accent so people get the intention. And I'm like, God, that's everything sounds better in that beautiful accent. You know, it's been with me for quite some time and I'm, you know, I have no plans of shaking it. It just sometimes it's a little thicker than other times. I've seen it's those celebs. Fancy, those celebs know. like it when they see you on the carpet because they feel like it's just mama's milk. It's just but so you know soothing. What? Preston, somebody recently told me, actually, you were on the carpet with me and I will not name this individual specifically, but he thought I sounded like I was British. No. Yes. He thought I was British. I was like, honey, there is nothing British about this girl right here. Southern through and through. So I've had no tea, no scones. She's just from the South. Only sweet tea. And biscuit, okay? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm just so you're glad you're here with me today. You know, in looking of the guests who I want to have on this show, we've had people who started brands, we've got personal brands, we've got entrepreneurs, and we've got personalities. And you and I have, I mean, God, it's been a couple years now. I mean, I met you back in the day, it was probably six, seven years ago now through the Amazon team back in the day. Isn't that something? Time has just gone, it, it, time has gone so so quickly, but also I feel like we've gone nowhere at the same time. I know. Literally, well, the COVID bubble, COVID yeah. bubbles put us in a time warp. But so you, bef- before you were sitting in this beautiful ET room in the Entertainment Tonight headquarters in New York City, you started. Where'd you get your start? You were you were in the pageant world, right? You were like Miss. I'm winning everything. How'd you get I'm your start? Former pageant patty. Um, <laughs> I did start competing in in pageant competitions at a young age. My dad and my grandmother actually put me in some kind of contest at the mall in Clarksville, Tennessee, when I was a, like a toddler or whatever. But honestly, like 
competing has always been in my soul. I love to compete. If I'm going to yeah. go after some, if I'm going to go after something, I want to win it. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was just like that hunger and desire to like compete. And so I, I did pageantry um, from a young age, did a lot of talent competitions, believe it or not, I can kind of carry a tune or at least I used to. Ah. And uh, so I do a lot of singing competitions too, but yes, then you fast forward to maybe like my high school after high school, like college days, I competed in Miss Teen USA. I was Miss Tennessee. Uh, I won Miss USA and I play, placed fourth at Miss Universe. So girl. Yeah. Where are all those awards when the crowns? You have them stashed away? Oh, I have them stashed away at my mama's house. She has, um, my mom is such a crafty woman, but she created this, uh, this, I guess you could say a curio cabinet. Yeah. That girl, she got her sander out and she was painting it up a storm, did like a little shabby chic kind of thing to it. And so she actually put my Miss USA dress, which was also, or my Miss Tennessee dress, which was also my Miss USA dress. She put it on a mannequin and my crowns in there and a couple pictures and my earrings and stuff. So my mom's using it as like our little museum display. It's kind of odd in my room at home. And I'm like, mom, you make me look like a freak that's got like this. No, that's like the mom activity. I mean, that's like your biggest fan right there. It is. And my dad, my dad as well, but my dad is, has since passed. But um, yeah, so my mom's got all of my, all of my loot from my pageant days. That's amazing. So how did you make the leap from, um, did you, you went to school for journalism, right? I did. I went to Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, and I studied journalism there. And I actually really had a hunger for print journalism. Love to write. I love to read. I love to be in the know about what's going on from the latest entertainment news, who's dating who, who's wearing what, uh, but even to like politics too. Yeah. I just, I want to be informed and I love the art of storytelling. Uh, so that's how I, I stumbled into journalism. I was like, wait, I could actually do this for a living. Like I read and and seek out people's information in magazines or on our local news channels. So I can do this too. Um, I had great mentors at Belmont University. Um, and so there I studied journalism. At the end of my uh, stint at Belmont, I decided one of my, I guess my advisor was like, maybe you should think about broadcast journalism. I'm like, well, we're not really set up and equipped for broadcast journalism here, but I'll explore and I did uh, an internship with our local news channel five, our CBS affiliate, oddly enough, in Nashville, Tennessee, work in that grave shift uh, (laughs) like overnight. So I interned in the overnight shift, the early morning news, and then I would go to my job in the summer, come back, take a couple classes, volunteer. It was just like crazy. But um, yeah, so that's where just I, I... was able to define what it is that I loved, which was journalism and go after it at Belmont. So yeah, I studied journalism before I competed at Miss USA. Do you think the comp, so after school, uh, did you find your way in front of a camera relatively quickly professionally? I did because, well, being Miss USA, I had, I'd never been on national television other than competing in a beauty contest. Uh, I remember right after I won, they had entertainment outlets like ET or extra and access there with us after my winning moment to say like, okay, this is your first press conference and you're with Donald Trump who owned the organization at the time along with NBC. And I'm like, 
what's going on here? Like <laughs> I knew that I, I, I had a hunger for journalism, but, and I wanted to compete for Miss USA and win it, but here yeah. I am, I've won. And this is my first press conference and, and on a national stage, truly. Uh, it was terrifying. So that was my first experience of being in front of the camera uh, wow. at a national level. And it happened frequently during that year. I still was as green as, as a new little blade of grass, you know, um, but it gave me just, you know, tools and the ability just getting out there, you know, um, a lot just comes from experience. So is that kind of when your personal brand of, of Rachel Smith started to kind of take shape post your win? And when you started getting a little more comfortable, because when I think of you, this outsider point of view of your personal brand of you, I think of uh, smart, informed, professional, and sweet as pie. But um, how would you describe your personal brand to, if you had to, you ran in someone in the elevator, they're like, what, what, what are you about? I mean, you've got a gig, but I think we all have this personal brand element in us, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, look, I, I knew what I was doing by competing for Miss USA. I thought this could be a great way for me to get my foot in the door. Yep. Uh, this would be a great way for so many men and women want to go after what we do from you doing correspondent work for different entertainment shows to me working for Entertainment Tonight. I've worked for uh, ABC News, for Amazon, um, but I needed something besides just my passion and my love for journalism, for entertainment Yep. to get me that gig. And so Miss USA definitely helped me do that. And it was my brand for the time being. And then it was once I got into the room, people were saying, so you're great at wearing your sash and your crayon and taking pictures with, you know, people of all ages and kissing babies and stuff. But are you capable of conducting an actual interview? Are you capable of doing stand-ups, live shots, et cetera? And I'm like, I, I can if you give me the shot. If you give right. me a shot. And so um, it was weird how that brand worked against me mm. after I'd finished my year as Miss USA because people were putting me in a box of, you know, she's a one trick pony. This is all that she could do. Uh, so that was interesting. But what kind of steps did you take to break out of that box? Because I, I know the same. Sometimes, you know, till recently was just in a fashion box on TV. Mm. Don't you know, he can interview a celebrity or chat with someone else other than about what their gown is made of. Um, what kind of steps did you take to shape who you are now and leave that in its own special spot? I mean, honestly, after my years with USA, you know, they wished me well as I left. But I was really on my own to pound the pavement and go out for auditions and yeah. And things like that. And so I did. I auditioned, I auditioned, I auditioned, I failed. I got no rejected. And I wasn't just auditioning for like journalism stuff. It was like commercials. It was this just to give me experience on a set. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so I just went after everything to see what could happen and, and how, again, going back to experience is everything. Experience will give you the best learning material that you can grasp and take with you to the next phase. I mean, oftentimes I refer to my internship back in college, you yeah. know, at the CBS studio in Nashville, but because it just provided such great learning material for me. So I knew that just going out there, getting experience, getting exposure would help me, you know, behind the camera, in front of the camera, doing interviews, doing stand-ups, whatever it may be. So I just did it all. Yeah. Um, 
And then I that's that competitive part of you too. I mean, that probably never shakes you. You probably never shake that. It's like it's pulsing through you at some point, always. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's what was giving me the drive to continue because there were times. So I had lived in New York during my year as Miss USA. After my year ended, I moved out to LA because I thought. At that time, more of the entertainment news journalism stuff was happening out in Los Angeles. Now, it's obviously, we've seen a shift here where I think, too, the morning shows now kind of skewing a little bit more entertainment E has Mm -hmm. helped that, you know. Um, But so I went out to L.A. to see, like, if I could, you know, do the entertainment journalism thing out there. And I didn't really feel like I had been set up by the Miss Universe organization to to really what's the next step. I had to go after it on my own. And honestly, I feel like that was the best case scenario for me because I appreciate what I have even more. Right. I know how I got here. And it was a lot of hard work, a lot of no's. It was a lot of mm, maybe you're too green. But there were a few people that thought, OK, yeah, you are green, but you're only going to learn through experience. So I had a freelance gig with Radar Online for a bit uh, where I would go out and do some red carpet interviews for them. And I'm telling you, honey child, you're as green as she got. <laughs> Just was, out of the wild, doing your thing. Yes, but it was such a great learning experience. Went on there from there to do, uh, oh my gosh, what did they call it then? I think it was called like ET, no, 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 E News Now. ET yes. Now, the E News Now. So it was an online component of E News, did freelance stuff for them, mostly like stand ups and, and updates to news pieces that were coming out throughout the day. And then I got connected with ABC News's uh, on the red carpet, or mm-hmm. not ABC News, KABC's on the red carpet. Worked with them for several years and introduced to ABC News. So it was just like, okay, I'm getting some eggs here and there, gathering that information, getting that experience. And I, I use it all to this day from what I learned at Radar to what I learned at E to what I learned at KABC, ABC News, Amazon. You just take it all with you wherever you go. Any tips for people listening that um, I think there's a big part of your world that is um, about getting your foot in the the door or trying to get it in the right door. And once it's in, what's your foot doing? (laughs) What's the kind of right move to make once you peek the door open? I think that's a scary part. It holds a lot of people back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have that drive that sent you out there. But were you ever afraid of cold calling or emailing people or using a connection that you had from the past, like to kind of get what you need? I think I was, I'm not good at using connect or connections. And I guess yeah. I don't see it as a connection. I don't want to feel like someone's putting themselves out for me or doing yeah. me a favor. And then I feel like forever indebted to them. Yeah. Um, so I've always been like a hustler in the sense of like, hey, I'll I'll email somebody. Yep. I'll hand write a letter. I'll give somebody a call. Yep. Um, now I'm willing maybe to, you know, hey, what about this? Or run something by someone. But I still, I don't know. I kind of like. I know what you mean. You know, I, I have a, like that sense of independence and, yep. and hustling and doing something like that. But I feel like go after everything. Don't say no. Like when you are hungry for something and you want it, get after it. And when you know you what I always it, say? 
or who was it said it? One of the housewives said it, Rachel. Of I was course, I mean, they are full of so much wisdom, right? A housewife will give you a soundbite, give you a nugget, and it'll yeah. sit with you. It was Erica Jane, like season two, being like, you know, honey, I say yes to everything because one day they're going to stop asking. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that. It's like, yeah. fill your plate up. Yeah, it's true. And it is. There's going to come a time when either they stop calling, they stop asking, or you're just going to be so, you've done it, you yeah. know, or you're going to have different priorities in life. So go after everything. Don't say no. I mean, obviously be wise. Don't, you know, uh, sacrifice who you are for something. But also once you get into that room that you feel like you need to be in, yep. listen, mm. a lot of people want to talk. Mm. And it benefits you greatly to just stop and listen. People around you are there for a reason. Observe, take it in, take notes. You know, I think that's one of the greatest learning tools is just stopping and listening. I just wrote that down because that was a really good one. And and there's so many little gems like this that you find out in talking to someone that you know for a long time, but you never get to talk about this kind of stuff. And it's also one of the greatest tools I feel like in conducting an interview with someone, you can constantly think about the next question. That doesn't always benefit you, especially when you are having a conversation that you want someone to feel comfortable with you. Listen to what they're saying. Yes, you need to know the roadmap for where your interview is going, but listen, take it in and it'll make your, the guests that you're interviewing more comfortable. It makes it more conversational. Listening is an underestimated or undervalued tool. I feel like for, for a lot of people, hundred yeah. percent, you, um, when I was listening to you, you mentioned about prioritizing, do you ever feel being in front of the camera, um, and being very public? And I know you run social media and you got your Instagram going on. Do, how do you feel with juggling and prioritizing brand Rachel and Rachel Smith, the person? Yeah, it's tough. I feel like that balancing active. What do I share? What's oversharing? Um, I always try to be sensitive of what other people are going through at the time. You know, I remember last year, wait, wait, oh my God, all my years right now get mixed up. There's no more years. They're all like one big blob. This has been, I keep saying COVID last year. It's like three years. I know. Yeah. So, and I always do it, especially at the beginning of the year, like when you're in January, you keep, I keep saying 2021, well, we're in 2022 now. So I got engaged in summer of 2020 yeah. and there was just so much sadness going on and between riots and COVID and, you know, the lockdown still f- feeling new to a lot of people. And of course I get engaged and I'm exceptionally happy. But I felt so guilty sharing that joy Mm. because I knew so many people were going through a lot of pain. But I did share it because I felt like, well, this is reality for me right now. Yeah. And people were messaging me saying, like, this this was a bit of joy that I needed right now. Like, I smiled for the first time in a long time. And so I don't I always kind of have that. Oh. I'm super sensitive. I don't want to offend people. I don't want to make someone feel bad or feel 
like they're less than because I'm doing something really cool. This is also my job to interview people like Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence or yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. Like I'm not hanging with them, binge watching Ozark with them over the weekend, you know? Yes. That's my work. That's what I do for work. I have, a, if I had any pictures with, well, my fiance, nah, he's not my fiance anymore. He's my husband. Husband now. Yes, he's my husband. But I always ask him like, hey, is this okay if I post this of us? Because He's not someone that's in the public eye. Yeah. Um, I pull him out on TV from time to time, like I did for New Year's, but he's not, this isn't his gig, his shtick, you know? Right. I want to make sure I'm sensitive of that with him. I, same thing with my mom. I'm like, hey, is it okay if I post this? She's like, yeah, that's not the most flattering picture, but you look cute. But or if, if my friends and their kids, you know, um, I always make sure it's okay first. I, it is a delicate balancing act, you know, and not everybody wants to see what I'm having for lunch and for breakfast. And I don't really care what they're eating either. You know what I mean? I mean, people want, they want to know, they want so much access, just the littlest, the littlest things that you post. I know for me, I don't know. I felt it's a throwaway Instagram story that no one would ever care about one part of a day. And that's what people message me about the toast or the, this or the sauce. Isn't that something? And, and I feel like it's it's great because it's keeping us connected, especially at a time when I feel like so many people feel disconnected and feel like they need they're missing yep. that physical touch, you know, yep. uh, and some sort of interaction. But at the same time, I also want to encourage people to just like get out there and live, explore yeah. and experience like in present time and not through other people. You know, it's great to have um, folks that inspire you and, and get your mind thinking about stuff, but also get out there and, and live you know, yeah. so the, I just um, it's, it's delicate to, to figure out what you want to share and what you don't want to. And, you know, but you're, you're pretty up. I think um, this comes up a lot on this podcast with, with guests is this kind of the same narrative, but it's about authenticity. Mm-hmm. And that's when their followers or whoever really sparked the most. And like you felt inclined to, it was a moment in your life, you shared yeah. it and people felt that connection because they feel like yeah. they know you and it was your time to post that for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm not going to post something unless I am authentic about yeah. it. I mean, I, uh, there was a day last week I had, I don't know, eight or 10 interviews. My mind was numb by the end of it. And my mom's calling, my husband's calling, the dogs need this or that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. But, you know, I, I could post for every single one of those, but I feel like I usually post the one that is really meaningful to me, you right. know? Um, so yeah, I think that goes with saying like, if you're going to post something, do it with all authenticity and honesty. And I, I totally try to do that because you don't have to sit there and read my caption. You don't have to look right. at my picture. You don't have to like it, but whatever I'm giving to you, I want it to be as real as I can be. And yeah. it's probably going to sound Southern. It's going to have a y'all or two. Sometimes I just like to type away and it might be a little longer than it should be, but it's just what I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. Speaking of um, the last year you mentioned, how how was it for you with the world kind of coming to a halt with work? How how was that for you personally and professionally? Did you quickly adapt or were you missing that? In A lot of what you do is um, IRL with people, oh, yeah. whether it's a studio or a celebrity. Um, how was that adjustment for you? It was wild because I never slow down. I'm always... If I'm not in the studio, if I'm not shooting stand-ups, if I'm not interviewing somebody, I'm on a plane. I'm on right. a plane to go to Nashville, to home to my husband and my mama, 
Um, I'm on a plane to the next shoot. So it, it was just go, 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 go. And then I remember it being, it was February, Friday, the third, yeah, February 13th. It was Friday the 13th oh, when everything was like shut down. Being on a junket the day before with Octavia Spencer, the next day they were like, don't even come to the office. And I'm going to tell this story because it's so funny, but Randy, one of my, my field producers, He's brilliant. But on the, the 12th, he was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to go to Dwayne Reed and stock up. And he comes back and he has like mayonnaise, a couple of packages of tuna, some ramen. I'm like, boy, you're going to need more than that. That's up. a New Yorker's version of stocking up, <laughs> going to the Dwayne Reed. I know. But who would have thought? You know, it was like, OK, we're going to take a two week hiatus. Yep. You know, assess. I got a lot of stuff done in the house that two weeks. Yep. And then I honest to God feel like. I thought I was always somewhere, always doing something, always busy. I think I was busier than ever in 2020 because I was what I studied in college, which was being a one-man band. And I know a lot of people at local news do that all the time, doing their editing, their shooting, their, you know, their tracks, their producing. I mean, it was, it was a lot. I've never missed my crew more. Um, so funny how it forced you to get back to your roots of what how, how you got started in the biz. Yeah. So and and still like to this day I feel like you know the workload has gotten to be more for more people or for less people and yep. we are still doing I mean we never zoomed before. We would never video like this. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So it's introduced us to new ways of doing things. Sometimes they're more efficient. Sometimes it seems like they're more time consuming, you know, because you could sit in a junket all day to interview two people. Those online uh, junkets are wild, by the way. Uh, I just yeah. started getting into them. I mean, you've probably been on them for two years now, but mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is a, a big old complicated thing. Yeah. Or having to do it in the middle of the night because the celebrity is over in Europe somewhere. Oh, my God. And they want to do it at this time. And so you are getting up at two to do your own hair and makeup and then. You know, so um, yeah. it's been in some ways a blessing, in some ways a curse, but we all, I've wanted to keep my job. I love what I do. Yeah. So let's adapt. Let's pivot. Let's figure yeah. out how to do it. Um, and both my husband and I were extremely fortunate and very grateful that we did keep our job, jobs yeah. during the pandemic because we had so many friends who were let go from their yeah. careers. And, uh, you know, so it was just like, okay. We got it, but now we're working even harder. You know, I'm a lighting guy. I know all about my perfect lighting setup now. Yes. Your set designer. <laughs> my background. I'm the art department. Yeah. So people was- wanted to know that on Instagram, by the way. I feel like you probably got these messages. Everyone's like, what light? You must have a light. What are you using? Right. All that what, stuff. What's your chair? What's your desk? And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I really love y'all, but I didn't realize that we would be like, so intimate with one another, you know? Right. Yeah. And I did feel like, uh, cause I don't really, I mean, I, I, I sh- obviously share and I'm authentic on social media when I share stuff, but y- you gotta be smart with these things nowadays too. Right. hundred yes, so percent. Like, I'm giving everybody a home tour, you know, with the, like, okay, this is not MTV Cribs. All right. <laughs> totally. So, um, People yeah. want to see the randomest parts of my house. I'm like, I share so much of my life with you. I'm keeping this room 
to myself. But Preston, you have very great taste. But thanks, but it's not meant just for everyone all the time. Like people want to see everything. I'm like, "Uh, that's where the iron goes. (laughs) No, you're not going in that room. Right, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Sorry. I know. It's just, uh, it's amazing how things evolved and how much they stayed the same or sometimes how they regressed in in the time of COVID. Um, I know more than ever when I've seen you on a carpet and some other people that I'm friends with that are producers with other shows, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize how much I missed y'all. It feels good. It Mm -hmm. feels really good. Speaking of carpets, I can't let you go without asking you what fun celeb moment you've had in the last couple of months that you just were like pinching yourself. Do you even get that way anymore still? Oh, yes. But honey, I feel like whenever it happens that I'm like in the zone. Yeah. You know, I'm this is my Super Bowl moment. <laughs> yep. This is the last play of the game. You know, yeah. this could mean overtime. This could be like we're walking away. We're going to the Super Bowl. So I feel like there could be a moment of like, oh, crap, this is so and so. But then it's just like head down, get the job done. Yep. Let's have a great moment. Let's have a conversation. And then I'll let you on your way, you know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like, okay, the don't look I saw up. You like, at, I saw you at the Met Gala having a close chat with Rihanna. Oh, <laughs> Rihanna and I, that is my girl. He is, it's so crazy. We I've interviewed her now for ever since I worked with ABC News. We did some surprise something. I want to say it was in Texas. I don't know, but we go back. Yeah. I don't even know if she knows that that was me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But ever since then, I mean, we have just kind of like built on, I feel like any previous interview, she's been so supportive and kind to me. But yes, at the Met Gala, she was the, I was the only outlet she stopped for. I'm sorry, Preston. I know we were next to each other and I didn't have time to your (laughs) point. You know, I was expecting myself to be more, oh, shit, there, so-and-so. But because it was such a busy night, I just did it. I was just, hey, girl, hey, come here, girl, come here. But the only minute I had to be like that was when she's spending so much time next to me, to you. I was like, oh, shit. That's Rihanna that for, for here for this long. <laughs> I know. So she, she was so funny because she and ASAP, they were coming out making their red carpet moment at the Met. Yeah. And I was shouting all sorts of silly stuff at them and they were giggling. And then it dawned on her that like my wedding was coming up. And so she came over to, you know, I'm trying to get a bite about the Met and I'm trying to get a, like a moment with you about you and ASAP making your red carpet debut as a couple. Yeah. The girl wants to come over and talk to me about my wedding. I was asking my producer, I said, did Rihanna just ask Rachel about her wedding? I mean, <laughs> I, she's like, uh, yeah, Rachel's hello. She's like this with everyone. I was like, oh, shit. It was amazing. Was like, oh, my God. It was so. And then I'm thinking, well, you guys, you got to give me something about the Met, you know, but yeah. laughing. But yeah, I mean, that obviously. Yeah. I have so many moments with that one right there. She's a special gal. Um, but the Don't Look Up premiere, which I was mean, just like this, these waves coming through of celebrities where you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We saw each other at the And Just Like That premiere. Yeah, that was wild. That was a fun one. Um, I just had, uh, we had Bill Murray in studio the other day to talk to him about a doc slash film that he's coming out with on Groundhog's Day, nonetheless. Oh my God. Um, so that was just like, oh my God, a living legend kind of moment. That's just iconic. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, got to be with some of my favorite country artists over New Year's Eve in Nashville because I hosted a New Year's Eve special uh, for CD. I saw that dress. <gasps> Honey, just a little YSL action. <laughs> I don't think I didn't clock the dress. Oh, the it, it was so good. I felt like just, I felt fabulous. You looked amazing. Thank you. So it's been, it's been a journey. Past I'm so years. proud of you. Everything you're doing. I know I don't see, you were like, you know, we're kind of always just intersecting at different places and points yeah. and times and um, you're, you're just killing it. And I'm so proud of you. And brand Rachel is on fire. Oh. How can everybody find you online and watch you on TV? So at Rachel Smith TV on Instagram and Twitter. And of course they can watch me on entertainment tonight. See the little logos. Rachel, if you're not seeing this part, Rachel's in this, she's in the official <laughs> Entertainment Tonight HQ and it's branded behind her. So yes. I didn't forget. Thank you for, yes. Thank you for putting the visualization, the visualization <laughs> out there for everyone listening to us. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for having me. You know, this is such a treat. I'm glad that you were doing this for folks that just want to, they're, you know, our fellow hustlers out there. Oh God. You know, it's funny. The more and more people, especially coming out of COVID, people are realizing that their life maybe isn't being spent doing what makes them the happiest and they're looking to be inspired by other people in all different fields and you are on my list and now I get to cross you off that list and see you in person at the next one. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so happy life is treating you well and I look forward to seeing you out on the carpet and getting together with you soon, you know? I'll be there, self-tanner and all on the next carpet, girl. Just dark, darker than this nice little chocolate skin over here. Girl, you always have me beat. I went into um, I went into the store to buy new makeup for TV. And when I was going to Sephora, I get a little nervous asking about the makeup. And when I go out, I was like, um, I think I'm this color. Girl, I picked like three shades dark. That's how tan I think I am in my real life. I picked like your color, your beautiful color. And they're like, um, honey, you are this color. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little help from my daddy, so <laughs> yeah, you know. always look ravishing. But Rachel, oh. thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Preston. My pleasure. Always talk friend. to you soon. For more on the show, you can find us on Instagram at Brand Me Podcast or at Preston Conrad. Be sure, of course, to rate, review, and subscribe, and share on social. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>